0: Third Floor Paraphernalia Department Last season, I told my story of babysitting future British Prime Minister Boris Johnson when he was four years old. Well, turns out, he's not the only future world leader I've crossed paths with. I'm Jeff Hoyt. This is Hoytus Interruptus. Back in 1982... My college friend Brent and I left our radio jobs behind and took over a struggling recording studio in Little Rock, Arkansas. I've told you a few stories about those Little Rock days so far. In the beginning, business was pretty lean. It was almost a year before we could pay ourselves a decent wage. Our location wound up helping. We were one floor below KARN, the flagship of the all-news Arkansas radio network and that location looked good to a young candidate for governor who had previously held the office but then lost reelection. At 36 years old, Bill Clinton figured his path back into the governor's mansion would be made smoother by employing rapid response politics. When his opponent hit him with whatever mud du jour was being slung his way, he wanted to hit back, fast. A quarter century before you could do that in the blink of a tweet. The Clinton campaign chose our studio to produce his radio commercials because we could save precious hours of response time by walking the tapes upstairs for immediate distribution to all the stations on the network. The room where the former Gov recorded was big enough for the campaign staff to turn it into a de facto war room. Bill, Hillary, and many of the colorful characters you remember from the Clinton years would show up en masse. I won't say that we occasionally left their mics open so we could eavesdrop and get a fascinating political education along the way, it might have happened. Sometimes they'd brainstorm late into the night before we even got around a recording bill. We'd produce and edit the final commercials and carry the reel-to-reel tape. Yes, we're that old, up to the network who would play it down the line to their affiliates for airing the next morning. Back then, Arkansas's gubernatorial race happened every two years, so we also handled Clinton's 84, 86, and 88 reelection campaigns. It was a ton of work. Paid a lot of bills. Our wives, Cindy and Linda, understood this was important enough to our respective savings accounts to be on call whenever they wanted us, so that meant a lot of after-hours recording sessions. Sometimes we'd even be called back into the studio from an evening at home. One night, several years into Clinton's return to the governor's chair, the phone rang at just the wrong time. Cindy and I were over at Brent and Linda's house one Sunday night, usually the safest night to just cut loose and have fun. So we did. We got high. Very, very high. We definitely inhaled. What we smoked was genuine Northwest Arkansas since Amelia. Still to this day, the only strain of marijuana that has ever made Cindy and me laugh so hard that we would flirt with losing all control. Anyone who's smoked good pot knows this feeling. So we were having us a laugh riot when the phone rang. It was the Clinton campaign. The governor needed to come in and record right away. Uh-oh. We were pretty messed up. How would we even get to the studio? And once we did get there, how could we function at anything resembling a professional level? So we did what you don't do. We got in the car and crept to the studio, probably at 15 miles per hour. We arrived a full 30 minutes before showtime, still stoned out of our freaking minds. How could we get right before Bill and Hill and the gang charged through the door? We thought music might help. We put on a majestic rock track with thundering orchestration. Brent conducted the symphony. I played air drums. We became whirling dervishes trying to sober up through sheer physical energy. With our backs to the door, I spun around during a particularly athletic drum fill, looked up, and there stood the future leader of the free world. He was way early behavior he would not go on to replicate as president one day. I jerked the needle off the record. Clinton smiled and said, I believe I interrupted y'all's evening. Sorry about that. We had a feeling he knew exactly what condition we were in, but he also seemed cool with it. So for about 15 minutes, we sat with the governor and tried to have an intelligent conversation about the politics of the day. Every time he said something even remotely funny, he found a very receptive audience in my very stoned partner and me. Probably too receptive. Then the rest of the entourage showed up. They passed into the soundproof studio to strategize on the other side of the glass, giving Brent and me a chance to privately exchange a few professional technical remarks, like, I am still so fucked up. And, yeah, well, I don't even know my own name. At last, they settled on a script. Bill stood at the mic, with his back to the team, looking right at Brent and me. Between takes, quietly enough that only we could hear, he'd interject things like, You boys okay in there? Or, Think you can manage to hit the record button? For most of the session, our condition was a secret just amongst the three of us. But at some point, he flubbed a line. I don't remember what he said. But everyone in the room laughed. And it gave permission for Brent and me, who had been stifling laughter since the session began, to cut loose. And then the floodgates were open. With Sense Amelia, laughter begets more laughter. We could feel ourselves slipping beyond the bounds of control. Hillary and the team behind Bill went silent while they watched us screaming with laughter through the soundproof glass. I mean, the flub was funny, but it wasn't that funny. Brent was manning the console, so he had to somehow function in full view of everyone, but I just decided to sink gradually to the floor and out of sight, as if no one would notice me slowly disappear like I had an escalator under my chair. Clinton said something into the mic about us needing frontal lobotomies. Not exactly funny, looking back on it, but we thought he was a riot. I gasped for breath beneath the console while Brent's heaving shoulders did their best to stifle his laughter. This incident remains the most embarrassing and yet hilarious lapse of professionalism in my long career. The coup de grace came around midnight when a fatigued Hillary decided to head home to the governor's mansion. By then, we had at least regained our composure, mostly, still very stoned, but at least, you know, upright. So that was good. As Hillary walked past the control booth's open door, she called in, Good night, you guys. And that's when Brant, who in fairness has told me he has zero memory of this, turned toward her and belted out, Sweet dreams, Hillary! She stopped, stared, and shook her head. A kind of disappointed reaction we would recognize years later on various presidential debate stages. And if you close your eyes right now, you can probably see it, can't you? Well, you're welcome. From an island in the upper left-hand corner of the lower 48, that's Hoytus Interruptus. I'm Jeff Hoyt.